0: Good morning, everyone. Labor Day weekend, where we don't labor. It's a good idea. <laughs> Didn't you enjoy that last song or the second last song about I'm so glad that my freedom is not based on what I've done. Is everybody in the room thankful for God's mercy today? Has anyone ever needed God's mercy because you've messed up? Okay, what, that's like 35% of you. The rest of you are like, sorry, Pastor Brennan, perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Man, we all need God's mercy. Thank God for it, that God doesn't look at our past to decide our future. Amen. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus. Thank God for that and his righteousness. All right, we are finishing our series today, Renew and Reflect. And so for the past five weeks, including this week, what we're discussing and talking about And reminding ourselves, as we move into the fall, it's kind of our second new year, to be prepared for what's coming. Kids going back to school, weather's going to be changing, a bunch of different stuff going, things going on in our lives. So we want to be prepared for what's coming, what's coming up. Could be a lot of different things, could be some known things, some unknown things. But as we look in the scriptures and what we are reminding ourselves is the character and nature of God so that he can renew us so that we can be changed into His image so that we can reflect those things in our lives. So we spent uh, the last four weeks, and this is week five, doing that. Um, And the word renew just simply means to restore, change, refresh make new spiritually, and bring back again. So we just wanna be refreshed, renewed by the spirit of God, by the word of God, so we are prepared. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So God actually wants us to be prepared so that we can walk, run, fly, all metaphors for the life that we have upcoming and he can strengthen us. One of the weeks that we talked about, when we talked about grace, we reminded ourselves about how much God's grace renews us. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says this, therefore we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We're all getting older. So on the outside, our our bodies are changing and we're getting older. But on the inside, we can be continuing to be renewed and refreshed and reinvigorated and strengthened by the Spirit of God. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. For what is unseen is eternal, so all of the circumstances in our lives, and like I said, our bodies and you 're looking forward to your eternal body, your glorified body one day when God remakes everything, and uh, but here, what is seen is temporary or changeable, but what is unseen is eternal the your spirit man your the soul of you, that is the eternal part of us, and that is who God is investing, God is investing into our spirit being. So, so far in this series, we talked about healing and forgiveness, God's overflowing grace, and then last week, we talked about prevailing peace. So, if you missed any of those messages, they are available on our YouTube page and also through our podcast. So, today, as we finish up the series, we're going to be talking about knowledge of God, the knowledge of God. Now, all of what we do, our, our bias... Is explicit we want you to move closer to jesus we the the knowledge that we dispense and what we talk about and who we worship and what we're doing in our kids ministry and what we're doing with, with our youth ministry and young adults and adults we are our mission statement is moving people closer to jesus so all of the knowledge that we're dispensing as a church is for that purpose and, and as we finish up this series, that us having a greater knowledge and, and understanding of God and his ways and, and have a clearer picture of who he is so that we can be closer to him, so all of that can be reflected in our life. And that's what we're going to be discussing today as we finish up today, as we talk about knowledge of God and what that means um, in a practical sense and that what that means in a relational sense, that, that as we go forward this fall, all of that should be showing up in our lives. Now, when we think about what is God's knowledge from the Scripture, what is God trying to get across to us? Well, we have some explicit commands in the Scripture, things that are very obvious. And then we have some other things that take a little bit of unpacking. There's some things that show up in the Scripture that they're in narrative form or they're in stories. And so we're supposed to be taking from that story a specific thing. So some of it is very clear. Some of it we have to dig out. And... Um, The second part of knowledge is, what does it mean to know God? What does it mean to be in a relationship with God? Because again, these are two different things. Just having an understanding of God's ways and what his principles and what his commands are and what he's asking us to do and what are his ways. But then to actually be in a relationship with him, to have this knowledge of God, both of these things can be reflected in our lives. So as we look into the scripture, we're gonna get insight into the purposes of God to know his will, and then to know him better. Knowledge, in a general sense, just means general intelligence. Facts, information, skills. Now, I love this. There's a theoretical and a practical understanding of a subject. A theoretical understanding, and then the practicality of it. And this is why we have you know, certain professions, Um, you know, in our society that people will go to school and learn, and they will have a tremendous amount of book knowledge. And thank God for book knowledge. But what do we do? We send them out as an apprentice. We send them out to do some learning. Hey, you've gone to school for this, and you've learned this, but now we're going to send you out there with somebody who has some practical experience to show you how to put this knowledge into practice. Because how many of you know the book knowledge is not enough? Have you ever met somebody with a tremendous amount of book knowledge? Recent university graduates are like this. We love you. You're super smart. But you're not totally there yet because you haven't had the the practical life experience to be able to put these things into knowledge. And again, all of us were marriage experts until we got married, (laughs) right? And all the single people are like, how hard can it be? And this, this is all you need to do. And what do, you, what do we, need? We, we need? We need somebody who's been married, like my parents uh, celebrating 61 years coming up September the 8th. And so what we need to do is we need somebody like that who's been through it all, been through the blood, the sweat, the tears of marriage that can help us to take our book knowledge and, and put it into practice. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given to him. So this is Apostle Peter that we know as one of the apostles of the Lamb, one of Jesus' apostles. And he's writing about Paul's letters. And then he says this in verse 16. As he does this in all his letters, he speaks in terms of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures and what is peter saying peter is saying that some people take knowledge and twist it and when they twist it what happens to their own destruction this is very prevalent in the world today, that people are taking knowledge and they're twisting it around. And at the end of twisting knowledge is destruction and not just knowledge, not just practical wisdom. Here he's talking about someone's going to take the scriptures and they're going to twist the scriptures. Because ultimately, we can take uh, scriptures and we can twist them around and we can make them to say what we want them to say. And it's very important that we don't do that. We want to interpret the scripture Correctly we want to understand the context. We want to understand who's doing the speaking we want to know what subject they're talking and there's just a little good uh, Description how we should interpret the Bible, but here Peter's saying people can take it and they could just twist it around But when we do that at the end of that is destruction that the knowledge that we have is twisted and it's not the right knowledge and then we would destroy our lives and and possibly someone else's life. He says in verse 17, "'You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, "'take care that you are not carried away "'with the error of lawless people "'and lose your own stability.'" So we can look out in culture today, and this has been true of all cultures for all time, and find the lawless people. In other words, there is no laws, there is no ultimate truth, and we, we can just do whatever we want to do, and we can be carried away of that in this moment we could be destroyed, and we would lose our own stability. That's something to discuss at lunchtime in depth. But verse 18 says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now to the day of eternity. Amen. So what is the antidote to being twisted and having an unstable life and possibly getting deceived and possibly um, being destroyed at the end of choosing the wrong knowledge, that we would grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Now, again, well, Pastor Brent, of course, you're going to say that you're a Christian pastor, but there's something specific, there's something different about Jesus, unique in Jesus, and even people in other world religions will acknowledge that this is true. That when we have this understanding of Jesus, when we know who he is and we understand what he taught and then what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection, it will keep us steady. It will help us to understand what is true, what is true about life, and then what is true about God. Because this is what we want. We want to know what's actually true. Don't you want to know what's true? Have you ever watched a news report and you're like, I just don't know if... That's the whole story. I know you're telling me part of the story because you're wanting to get something across, but I'm not sure that everything that you're saying is true. I, I feel like your bias is getting in the way, and this is why I'm explicit about our bias. We want all people to move closer to Jesus. This is what we're doing. Everything we say will be tinged with that. It's out there. It's not a secret. <laughs> this is what we're doing. But I think this whole paragraph of scripture is so important for us today that we would grow in this knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, grow in our knowledge of God. What does knowledge accomplish for us? Just knowledge in general. Well, it it instructs us. And again, we can apply this to every area of a life. When we have knowledge, we're instructed of something that we didn't know something and then we know something. And then it could cause us to grow. And this is what's good, again, about the knowledge. When we go to college and university, hopefully we're learning some sort of quantum of data that I could put to practice in my life so that I can be an employable person, right? We, we want to do those It instructs us for reasons that I can get better at something that I can grow. And then it's building blocks for the next generation, right? That we don't want every generation to start from ground zero. We want them to like, here's all of the things that we've learned. And this is what the scripture is in one sense. Here's all of the things that we've learned about God and life. You don't have to start from the beginning. The, the things that you're struggling with, the, the things that you're going through, other people have wrestled with this, these philosophical ideas and the, the understanding of God. Other people, generations have gone through this. Here we have the scripture to help us through so that we don't have to start at zero. God's knowledge helps us to consider the purpose of a thing. And this is what we see right back in the book of Genesis. That everything, every created thing has a purpose, has a reason, has a meaning to exist. This is one of the big ideas of scripture. That there's a functionality for everything and then there's a, that means there's a purpose for me as well. Because you and I are created things. That we don't start with just, well, what do I want to do with my life? A proper biblically trained mind says, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What have you created me for? I have a purpose separate from just what I could think up or dream. That God has a purpose for all things and then he has a purpose for me. What are the effects of our actions? This is a big theme all the way through scripture. What are the effects of the things that I do? What are the effects of sin? This is the story that we see over and over again in the scripture, right? People mess up and they do the wrong things and there's an effect. And this has been the story of our lives, right? We've done some good things and we've done some really stupid things. And then when we do the stupid things, there's repercussions to those actions. And this is the story of the scripture. So when we gain knowledge and wisdom from the scripture, we can avoid certain pitfalls and we can avoid certain things if we take the knowledge of God and we put it to practice in our lives. And then ultimately, the purpose of the scripture is for us to connect with God himself, Again, the knowledge of his will, the knowledge of his ways, but then the knowledge of him to actually know him, to know him better. And this is the constant struggle for us, that we have knowledge, and then it's hard for us sometimes to yield to the knowledge of God because we want to do our own things. Does anyone ever just want to do their own thing? I know this is true of all of the teenagers in the room. You're tired of your parents a little bit. You're tired of their voice. You're tired of their pants and their hair. <laughs> just tired of it. You're tired of them giving you a curfew. I just want to do my own thing. And I just want to tell you this doesn't always go away. No matter your age, we just want to do our own thing. And so we, we take this and this becomes the struggle of humanity and this is a struggle right from the beginning. We go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis two, verse seven. When the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground breathed in his nostrils the bread of life and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and he put the man whom he had formed, verse nine. And out of the ground, the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Now everybody, not everybody, some people read this and they're like, why did God do this? This is the struggle for a lot of people. It's like, why, why, did, why did God give us a choice? And this is the, the philosophical discussion. One of the philosophical discussions that people have is like, well, God just set us up for failure. Without getting into a big, long philosophical thing, for us, for us to be in a loving relationship with God, he had to give us the ability to choose. And if we didn't have the ability to choose, it wouldn't be love. So he had to give us choice. Sovereignly by his will we have the ability to choose he had to give us a choice and this is what this story represents well what did the trees look like it's not the point of the story it's not the point of the story this is the choice the tree of life the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we're going to choose life the ways of god the purposes of god a relationship with god or People are going to choose to be their own God. This is what humans do. We will never stop. This is why this story is transcendent forever, for all time. It's not irrelevant, as people will say today. And then what happens? Genesis 2 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden. To work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded him, saying, You shall surely eat of the tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Again, God had to give us a choice for us to be able to be in a loving relationship with Him and others. He had to give us a choice. In His sovereignty, He endowed to us the power to choose. So what what is this? What is being talked about here? When we when he's talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that people want to take this, that we want to be a law unto ourselves, we want to decide what's good and bad. We don't want God to tell us what to do. We're perennial teenagers. Just I just stop telling me what to do. Ultimately, man, if we're not yielded to God, will choose God's small g of their own making. And here's the deal: my present state of knowledge and your present state of knowledge, and the most academically inclined person on the planet today, their state of knowledge is not enough. We all have to humble ourselves and say, God, what do you say? Because we are created beings, we are not the creator. So it should stand to reason that we would humble ourselves to God. God, what are you saying? What is your ways? And then ultimately, I actually want to know you. I just don't want to know about you. I actually want to know you. See, we can, we can describe somebody's attributes Uh, The person that I know the best on the planet today is my wife. Now, I could describe to you a bunch of her attributes. I could tell, you know, she's from Phoenix. And I could tell you she loves animals. She loves all living creatures. But unless you actually live with her, you cannot understand the extent that she loves all living creatures. (laughs) Even the ugly ones. (laughs) Which means... A lot of the time when I'm at home and there's a disgusting bug in our home, I can't just squash it unless she's not around, don't tell her. <laughs> if she's around, catch and release is the goal. So we're like cupping spiders and, and, and ladybugs. Got to go open the door, babe. All right, That's stuck to my hand. Flick, did you flick it too hard? I don't know, babe. Now I can tell you just those couple things about her And you know something about her But I know her I know all the stuff she's gone through I know her past, I know about her family I know all the things about her I know what she likes and what she doesn't like I know her and what we don't want to do is, we don't want to have our relationship with God just to know a bunch of attributes. It's good to know the character and nature of God. It's good to know scriptures. It's good to know principles and doctrines. But we don't want to stay in that book knowledge place with God. We actually want to have a practical understanding of a relationship with Him for ourselves. So we can have an intellectual thought about the scripture and God, we can be aware of His attributes. We can be able to discuss these things, we can discuss biblical principles. We could know some details of the Christmas story and the Easter story, but that's not anything getting down into our heart. That's not anything transforming our lives. And then we can have an experiential relationship with God, where the facts about God come alive in our lives. See, one definition of knowledge is facts. Facts about what God wants. Facts about what God says about our lives. That I would know those things, but then they would come alive for me. And I would humbly say, God, what do you want for me? I don't want to just partake of the tree of good and evil. I don't want to just create a God of my own choosing. I'm just not smart enough. Just don't know enough. I want to take who you are and what you say about life, and I want to put that into practice. I want to know something, and then I want to do something about it. And I want his ways to produce fruit in my life. That the doer of the word is blessed, the scripture says. That we just not just know something, but then we would do it. And we wouldn't have to post about it on Instagram. We just do it we just be doers of the word. God, what are the areas you need me to change? And what are the areas I need to work on? And not just knowing about these things, but having them transform our lives. Proverbs chapter 12 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Love the scripture. I love this translation <laughs> amen <laughs> whoever loves discipline loves knowledge so we're not just having these ideas. I know these ideas but then they become a discipline in my life and if I hate that I'm just foolish stupid in other words I'm a god unto myself I don't need any exterior knowledge I don't need what God has to say I'm just gonna do my own thing Psalm 119, 66 says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Lord, teach me good knowledge and judgment. I want to know this. Proverbs 2, verse 1 says, my son, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments with you. Making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That we're inclining our ear to what God says, something transcendent, not just what's coming on the news that I would understand wisdom and knowledge and how God wants me to apply it. For the Lord gives wisdom and in His a mouth comes knowledge and understanding, he stores up wisdom for the upright. It is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the path of injustice and watching over the way of his saints. Don't you love that? And we're walking in the ways of God, walking in the ways of God protects us. Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10 says, fear the Lord, is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The knowledge of God. It's insight. It's insight into life. Right from the beginning, here's the choice. Choose life or choose to be your own God. And so when we have an understanding of God, then it's insight into life Itself. How do I live this life? Because I'm not just knowing the ways of God, but I knowing God Himself. That I'm having an understanding of Him. When I have an understanding of Him, that I'm understanding life. And this is why we look at Jesus over and over again. Jesus, the express will of God. And we're going to read this here in a second. But Jesus said to His disciples, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." So as we move into the falls, just have a recommendation for you for your Bible reading. Your U you version Bible plan, and do other things as well, but just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and go back to Matthew, because when we're reading about Jesus, here we have these these Greco Roman biographies about his life and what he did and what he said and what he accomplished, and when we see Jesus, we see God, and when we see God, we have an insight into life, how it should be lived, and our relationship with Him grows. John 14, verse five, says this. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't, do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. So what is Jesus saying in these words? What is Jesus talking about? Because these are all the things that we need for our lives. We need to know the way to go and we don't want to be gods of our own creation. And we need to know the truth. We need to know the truth about this life and how it should be lived, and the life. Ultimately, what is the purpose of my life? And the choice that he gave us from the beginning to love him is ultimately the purpose of our lives, to be in this love relationship with himself. Philip asked the question, show us the Father, and it's enough. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And again, this is just not an empty claim. This is not just me saying, I like Jesus, you should too. There's something special about Jesus and it's the resurrection that affirms all of what he said and all of what he did. And it, he, the reason that he's the authority in our lives is because of that. That we can look at him and we can know God because we look at Jesus. And again, this is a little bit, this is an easy thing sometimes. People who are confused about God or define God a certain way, or the, I don't like this, and God this, and they sort of have their own version of God. But then Jesus dispels all of that. If we just look at Jesus, he's the clearest picture of God in the scripture. The book of Hebrews tells us that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go back to Matthew and the more we understand about Jesus the more we'll understand about God and finally this Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 says that indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord now what is Paul saying as he's writing to this church not just knowing about him but knowing him, two different things, not just knowing his ways, not just knowing facts about the scripture, but I would actually know him. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. It's the same thing. That statement is the same thing from the book of Genesis. Genesis not me completing something of my own, not me saying how good I am, but me yielding to the righteousness of God. Verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the same power that, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, that I would know him, I would know his power And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Jesus has made me his own. This is relationship. Not just the facts about Jesus, and as you hopefully you'll read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John And I hope you remember the details, and I hope you remember the stories And I hope you remember the references But as you go through it, I want you to know him through the scripture Jesus has made me his own The reason we can know him is because he took the first step He did all the work. He went to the cross so we could know him. So let's know him. Not just have the knowledge about him. Let's be in a relationship with him. And we know about his goodness and his ways and the facts about him and then we, through all of that, have a relationship with him. All of that will come out in our lives. Because the more we know God, the more we're transformed into the image of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word today. That it gives us knowledge about you. God, we do. We want to have a greater knowledge of you. We we want to understand your character. We want to understand your ways. We want to understand the plans that you have for our lives. That Lord, you give our lives meaning. That you give our lives purpose. So we want to know that purpose. We want to walk in that purpose. Lord, forgive us of our pride, thinking that we could do it on our own. God, we do not want to be gods of our own making. We want to yield ourselves to you in every way, humbly come before you. And we just thank you, Lord, for this fall. As we move into this fall, God, we thank you that we can know you more. We're so thankful for how much we know you right now. But we thank you, Lord, that you are leading us into a greater relationship with you. That as we move and think about your ways and we move and think about you and who you are, that we're transformed into your image. And we thank you, Lord, that you help us to reflect that to those around us and every sphere of influence that we have. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The ultimate step for all of us to say that we are not our own God is to say yes to Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, never made Jesus the Lord of your lives, I'm gonna pray here in a second. And this prayer is just a starting point for you to start your relationship with God. But the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus as we've been talking about. And in the story, we find out that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. And then God raised him from the dead to prove that all that he said was true. And then from what Jesus accomplished, God provides for us a relationship with Himself. It's called righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And we don't gain right standing with God because of our pretend perfection or us being super religious. None of that causes us to have a relationship with God, it's just us coming humbly and saying, God, I need you. So if that's you today, you've never said yes to Jesus. I invite you to pray along with me. And maybe you're here this morning and used to be in a relationship with God. Maybe something happened, something negative in your life and you feel really distant from God this morning. You know that God is not mad at you today. God is inviting you because of his mercy close to himself. Again, you pray along with us as well. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this out loud. Somebody who's maybe praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Come on City Church, let's celebrate those who made that decision for the first time today beautiful if that was you if you made a decision to follow Christ or maybe you just rededicated your life to him we really want to encourage you to take the uh, connect card in the seat pocket in front of you fill it out check off the box I have decided to follow Jesus turn it into the info desk which is just right by our circular staircase in our main lobby and uh, we're gonna have a team that's gonna greet you with a really big smile they're gonna celebrate you they're gonna give you some resources for your new journey of faith but we are so excited for you Uh, You just made one of the best decisions of your life. We're excited to partner with you on your faith journey. Hey, City Church, are you excited that you came to church on a long weekend at the 9 a.m.? Come on. Why don't we all stand as we get ready to go uh, this morning? It's great seeing you this morning. Just wanna remind you of a couple of things. Next week, we have our worship and prayer night um, on Sunday, September 10 at 6 p.m. Make sure you mark that on your calendars. As well, if you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, our leaders, they're making their way down in the front of the stage right now, right after I dismiss in a couple of moments. Feel free to come up to any one of them and they would be more than happy to pray with you amazing city church pray that you have a great week as you head back to school as your kids head back to school pray that you would continue just to know god more uh, as pastor mart was talking about just get to know his heart that he would continue to reveal his heart more and more to you this week we love you city church we will see you next sunday at 9 a.m or 11 a.m you are dismissed